Support for today's show comes from Deloitte. Here's the story of innovation told in five words. Try, explore, connect, pivot, transform. See what happened there? As soon as Connect entered the story, innovation became achievable. That's why Deloitte works with clients and tech alliances to bring together the people, ideas, and technologies to overcome, solve, and of course, transform. Connect to what matters for innovation. Start at Deloitte.com slash US slash innovate. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. It's on! Hi, everyone, from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is Lizzo on the French Riviera, and I can definitely play the flute. Just kidding. This is On with Kara Swisher, and I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Naima Raza. You are actually on the French Riviera right now. Uh, you are not Lizzo. No. Can you play the flute? She can. I saw her last night play it. She played beautifully. And it, the reason I'm referring to it is there's a big joke by Wanda Sykes about that. Yes. She was amazing. She was astonishing. She played six or seven songs and just blew the top off the place. It was great. And I would say I'm here because they hire people like Lizzo and other stars to appear at this Con Lions event. And so there's parties everywhere and they bring in the big names. You sound tired. I am. I'm exhausted. I've been talking to advertisers and marketers and uh, talking about all kinds of issues. And we taped a live pivot this afternoon. Oh, wow. After being on a boat for a while with Scott. So it was, it was a lot. A hard life. Well, it's exhausting. A lot of it work, was. It is a little bit. When you're working in somewhere beautiful, you're still working. I'm still at Martha Stewart's estate. No, you are. You're yeah, married there. a gardener. It's like gold oh, digging, nice. but yeah. it's green digging, you know? <laughs> yeah. Good idea. Uh, you are in the south of France for Can Lion. You know, it's where people get together and make deals. It's essentially mm-hmm. marketers and people who are buying advertising meat people who are selling advertising and all the big internet companies, which are now big players in digital media, buy out the beaches here and they throw parties and there's a lot of rosé and it's just a networking event. And I do think a lot of deals get done while it's happening, but they also give out awards and it's an excuse to to get together and drink together, I think, in, in an analog way, which is going to change dramatically, I think. I don't, I'm not sure things like this will survive the future. You're going to put on your Apple Vision Pros yeah, and just I don't know about make that. advertising deals, maybe? I guess advertising's long been a relationship business, yeah. and it's, it's increasingly not. It's a data and analytics business. And so there's all these tech companies here. And an AI business soon. Now, they're all worried about that, for sure. That's been the big topic here is AI. They've been giving out some big awards. I think Anheuser-Busch and Bev won one, which was oh. ironic because yeah. of their month-long boycott of Bud Light we've seen in this yeah. country. First, they pissed off the right using a trans influencer. Then they pissed off the left. Yeah, well, it's a bigger world, the United States of America. It's a bigger world. And that's what happens when you leave it. Yes, it is. And then they also awarded Kevin Hart as Entertainment Person of the Year. It's a party here on the French Riviera. He also (laughs) flirted with cancellation for a minute in 2018. had to step down from the Oscars because of homophobic tweets he'd had in 2009 to 11. And he refused to apologize and apologized repeatedly. Which is interesting because our topic today is about comedy and really about this new line in comedy and how comedy has changed over time. And Wanda Sykes is our guest today. Yeah, I love Wanda Sykes. She's one of my favorite. She's not here. But I ran into the, a lot of the SNL cast last night, including oh, really? Lauren Michaels, who created SNL. And, you know, she's she's one of my favorite comics of the many comics I like. And I spend a lot of time listening to comics. But she is uh, one of the people that really is a truth teller. She's very funny. She's more left, I guess, or more liberal than other comics, but she certainly is really funny. And so uh, I think she takes it to people, the powers that be. I just really like her. And she has a new show called I'm an Entertainer, her new Netflix special that came out last month. Mm -hmm. And she also had the Netflix series, The Upshaws. But this is a guest you've been dying to have on. We moved the schedule. You did your own prep because we had Mm -hmm. four episodes taping last week. Why do you love LaWanda so much? Because she's just been consistently a good comic. There's a lot of people that sort of pop up and get well-known. And I, I like most comics, I'll be honest. I really do. I like mm-hmm. all kinds of different comics. And some of them would surprise you. I like even sort of politically incorrect comics. I like 
right wing comics. They're funny. Um, I like humor. And I think this is an area that's really been trying to figure out how to speak to the audience. And she doesn't go into sort of meanness, which I really appreciate. Um, she doesn't need to dunk constantly in, a, in, in the way a lot of male comics do, male white comics especially. And she can dunk pers- specific people. Yes, exactly. She doesn't slap down. She slaps up, which I th- really appreciate. And again, she's a very powerful comic in, in the pantheon of comics. And there's not that many who's a, a woman, who's a person of color, and a lesbian. I filmed her years ago at a People's State of the Union, and she was smacking up to Trump at the oh, time. Yeah. I think the idea was like kind of dump Trump was the whole event. Yeah. And she has a sense of humor that's very dry, almost wry. Mm-hmm. And accessible. And she was exhausted by Trump already. That must have been 2018, 2019. So I, I was very keen to hear her and how exhausted she would be by now. Right. Well, she's a touring comedian. And so she's been on the road forever and it's part of her job and something she does. And it sort of changed a little bit during the pandemic. And she was trying to find humor in in that. And she has pandemic jokes. She's got political jokes. She calls out Dave Chappelle. She's Yes, yeah, she gave Dave Chappelle a hard time, which he's much deserved. All right. Well, let's get to the interview. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with Wanda Sykes. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power the collaboration for teams to accomplish what could otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR, and legal, can stay connected and moving together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., Welcome, Wanda. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for coming. Let's start with a new show and how you made it. Um, this is your first show since the pandemic, and you piled on some very serious topics. Talk a little bit about the conceptual idea behind the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, the pandemic was bizarre. I mean, you know, it was this time that we were going through and being locked down with, you know, the closest people <laughs> to you. you know, you're, you're locked down with them. And then all these things just were happening, you know, with Black Lives Matter and um, with Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd. And I'm in the house with white people who I <laughs> love with all my with all my being. One of them you're I married would, to and the other your children. Yeah, yeah, married and my children. I <laughs> give my life, you know, for them. But I'm in the house stuck with them and I'm having all these feelings and this anger and 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 just looking around like what what don't you get and mm-hmm. what can you say to help fix this and they're looking at me for answers like want me to explain what was going on where I'm like it's you know this is like asking the victim why did they get smacked you know mm-hmm. So I so I knew, you know, the stages where I go to work things out, not just for comedy, but also just for my my peace of mind. My you yeah, know, your it's, mental. It's, it's my therapy. Yeah. It's, it's but you weren't able to me. do that during COVID either. You weren't no, able to sort of no. saved up. Exactly. How did you get it to funny? Well, getting it to funny, I guess it it was um 
stepping outside of it and, and looking at my situation that I was in. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, all this is going on and I'm in the house with white people. You know, it's mm-hmm. and so it starts there. So one of the things you talked about trans issues was a big focus, which I appreciated. You called out Dave Chappelle, as I did and many did. But it seems to have just gotten worse. Um Talk a little bit about why you wanted to put this in the show. And actually, it's even more pertinent now. I know, I'm not sure when you taped this, but it's gotten worse and worse. Right, right. I mean, it's it's such a community that I I don't understand why, why even attack, why, why, why they, Mm -hmm. why attack them. These are people who just want to live their lives in the body that, they feel that they should be in or i mean it's mm-hmm. it's just bizarre to me why why that bothers you i don't understand how that affects your life you know mm-hmm. and you know thank god we have trans people who are out in the public and you know lending their voices and being a voice for for their community but you have people who, are, you know, trans people who are just in, you know, Milwaukee somewhere, and they mm-hmm. they don't want all the attention and everything. They just want to live their lives, right? Right. So right. they don't understand that when they make these jokes, they think they're going after like. Um, well, why do you think they do? It's not just Dave Chappelle. It's Ricky right. Gervais. There's a lot of people that do it. Elon Musk does it. Does all kinds of anti-trans stuff despite having a trans child. I, I don't. I don't. I I don't know. I'm saying I, I really don't know. I mean, it's it's hateful. It's um, it's it's just hate. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't understand why 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 do you want to make someone else's life harder than it is? I mean, mm-hmm. this this is already rough, right? But why why make why why put that on on someone else and put them in danger? And and I know they say that it's words, but words matter, and mm-hmm. and people are dying from this, especially. Uh, Black trans women, mm-hmm. huge targets. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and honestly, I, I I don't get it. I really Do you, don't. One of the things I wrote about was I, you know, you can talk about anything you want as a comic, obviously, and I think you probably back that. But I was I always kept going, why an hour on it? Why an hour on it versus <laughs> like a minute, right? Like he had one kind of okay lesbian joke and a couple of others, but an hour. And I was like, Gosh, that's a lot. That's that to attack someone. And, and you know what's so sad is, it's brilliant guy. Exactly, right. He's brilliant. He's he's so funny. I still go back and watch uh, uh, the killing them softly. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a really funny storyteller. Just I, I just don't understand like like you said why why a whole hour. So let's play one that you had, which I thought was a perfect joke about the, the laws around kids at drag shows in places like Arkansas. Let's play that clip. These kids know, man. And now they're trying to go backwards, right? Florida, don't say gay ban. What the hell, right? Tennessee, no kids can go to the drag shows. Because, like, that was a problem in the first place. <laughs> oh, I can't tell you how many drag shows I've been to. And everybody's up in arms because they ran out of high chairs and booster seats. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with them? <laughs> and then I'm going to play a second clip. This is about book van- banning versus assault weapons. Let's play that clip, too. They're banning books in Texas. Banning books. Well, we're protecting the kids. Well, if you really want to protect the kids, ban assault weapons. That's what's killing the kids. Not the books. Until a drag queen walks into a school and beats eight kids to death with a copy of To Kill a Mockingbird. (laughs) I think you're focusing on the wrong shit. Can you talk about how you craft this joke? Because you brought a lot of things in. You have book bans, um, assault weapons, uh, drag queens, and To Kill a Mockingbird, which is always a good thing. Talk about why you did it this way. I thought it worked perfectly. It's it's common sense. I mean, I think that's the nut of my comedy is just cut through everything and like 
it's just common sense, y'all. This is this is what it is. And and also to point out the hypocrisy and uh, you know, and, and just and what we do and what people how 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 they're thinking is mm-hmm. like back to the drag shows or, mm-hmm. or or the story hour, you know, drag queens can't read to children. I'm like, what what? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> they're in a library, a public library reading. And you know, it's like if the that is going to confuse the kids. And I, like I said before, like if the kids can get, you know, snuffleupagus, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think they'll understand what a drag queen is. You know, right, it's, right. It's just common sense to me. And it seems like people just go out of their way to make life harder for people who who aren't even in their world. Right. You know, like drag queens aren't like just out in, in Target, you know, right. shopping no. and, and you're going to run and encounter one. Well, if right? you're in the Castro where my kids Okay, maybe up, in the yes. Castro. Yes, you yes, do. Yes, in the Castro. <laughs> yes, and yeah. in the village, maybe. Yeah. But, you yeah. know. Yes, I just don't understand how people go outside of their world to mm-hmm. mess with people who, like I said, they would have nothing to do with. Never even an encounter. So, yeah. 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 Why do you think it's gained ground? Because a lot of this stuff has gained ground, whether it's racism, homophobia, um, anti-trans. Because that's all the right has to offer. They're not offering any policies, you know, except to well, try ban, to take right. Yeah, it's drag queen shows. To, yeah. Except that's their policies. Mm-hmm. Really, how is that putting food on your table? How is that, you know, making housing more available and, and, and affordable? How is that helping the environment? Okay, maybe less hairspray with the drag queens. I don't know. But, I mean, how, you know, how how is that helping? That's the only thing that they have. That's the only flag that they can raise is the and, and to rile up their fan base, you know, their, their voters is to just go after uh, just on the attack and, and make up shit like this is what's hurting us. I mean, it's yeah. It's and one of the things they've tended to focus on is racial issues now. Oh, oh yes. There was just a Washington Post uh, survey um, of black Americans saying they felt they were better off, um, but were more scared than ever which I thought was an interesting juxtaposition that financially they feel better, but they feel much more uh, in danger and exposed to white supremacy and everything mm-hmm. else right now. Can you talk about how you think about talking about racism in your show? And you cover racial issues from George Floyd to Ahmaud Arbery. When you are touching on these hot button issues, um, do you worry at all from a comic point of view, or do you think this is what people expect you to do to, to sort of hit all these very thorny issues for people? Uh, be honest with you, I get a little tingly up there when I'm, you know, speaking on these issues. Um, Meaning tingly how? Um, like, you know, like your little spidey senses going on. Going what are you off. worried about? Hecklers. Not so much. I can take care of heckler. But it's like, what if somebody decides to take it to that next level? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but, you know, I have great security. Um, I have amazing fans. Mm-hmm. Like, my audience that show up, they're just, I mean, they they really are. They're, they're the best. And and as far as hecklers, they've taken care of hecklers. <laughs> you know, it's like if if someone shouts something, you should. I mean, you should hear how the. I mean, yeah. they just jump on them before I can even get to I, them. I assume you have a great number of lesbians in the audience, but that but, would handle exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, lesbians yeah. ain't. We're not playing around, so yeah. I'm not as concerned. Do you cut back at all on things, especially around racial issues, especially with white supremacy gaining? Like it's out in the open right now in a way mm-hmm. that it never has been. And all these polls are showing people are very nervous about their own lives. I know as a gay person, I'm much more nervous than I was since the 80s. Like, honestly. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, and so when you when you think about that, does does that make you pull back? I don't I don't pull back, but let's just say I because I want to say what you know, what I what I need to say and what I want to say. But maybe the way I phrase it, you know, like mm-hmm. um, the joke I did about I have a friend who won't get vaccinated, which is true. No, I, I got a friend who still hasn't been vaccinated. No, she won't get vaccinated. She's laughing at me. She's like, uh, look at you. You don't know what's in that mess. You just put that mess in your arm. You don't know what's in it. I was like, yeah, I don't know what's in it. And if they told me what was in it, 
I still wouldn't know what was in it. I'm not a scientist, jackass. me. They laugh at me. They was like, well, I just don't put anything in my body. I'm like, you use Splenda. Shut the fuck up. I used to tell that joke where it was a more of a tap mm-hmm. of, like, I can't believe I have a friend won't get, you know, won't get vaccinated. And she, she's like, well, I don't know what's in it. And I was like, well, if they told you what was in it, you still wouldn't know your jackass, right. you know. Right. But I said, you know what? I understand there's people out there who, um, because I want them to get the joke. So I was like, maybe right. it'll go over better mm-hmm. if I put it on me, where I'm the one who says, yeah, I don't know what, you know. So it's it's that type of thing. I, mm-hmm. You know, it's more of the, of the massaging jokes where I still get my point across, but, but you maybe don't have to be. In their face. So, in their yeah, face. I don't have to punch them first. Do you ever feel like you should push harder even? Because things have gotten worse, like a lot worse. And I can't imagine being a comic and not being angry on stage. Is that? But that's a mistake, presumably. Mm-hmm. And I've had shows like that. Mm-hmm. I've had shows where I, where I was just angry and I had to take a step, like really take a step back and breathe. And like I said, I... That's why I love my audience. And they, and they, they you know, they'll, they'll just applaud, like, come on, you know. And then I talk about something silly and I'm I'm good. Mm-hmm. But that's when I know, okay, that joke's not, not ready because it's making me too angry, you know. Um, I'm really worried about this whole Trump thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm worried. I mean, good Lord. Yep, he keeps rising to the top like styrofoam, um, orange styrofoam. Um, talk about Trump, how you feel about you. You didn't have a lot of Trump in here. No, not normal. I did a lot of Trump. That was a special before this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, this special, I, I one, I couldn't find the, you know, what was so f- funny. And two, I want to stop talking about him. I want him to go mm-hmm. away, you know? I wanted to hit on on subjects with him removed and and so like like guys let's just get back to these issues and not not even talk about him let's not connect him let's not blame him that that you know this is why we're here let's mm-hmm. let's just say this is where we're at mm-hmm. and let's talk about it you know do, do you f- do you feel like you should be talking about Trump now when you're thinking about about what you're doing it's hard to leave out, and at the same time, you don't want to I talk know. about him. So what do you do as a Well, comment? now, I mean, now he's back. We have to talk about him now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's been indicted again. We, I mean, mm-hmm. we have to talk about him. Is he a good attack venue for your comedy? Or is it just you don't find it funny anymore? I, it's not funny. Yeah. It's just not. It's, and there's nothing that you can say that he won't outdo you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a parody of a parody. So to me, it's more about the voters and the people following him mm-hmm. than him. Because there's nothing you're going to say about him that's mm-hmm. going to sway them. You know, I, I used to work at NSA before I started Yes, doing I'm going to get into that in a minute, yeah. But you no, know, when he was first running, I said, how can he How can he even run? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know the Constitution allows it, but... I was like, this dude will never get a security clearance. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't trust him with secrets. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's already compromised. Mm-hmm. He owes a shitload of money to China, and then mm-hmm. he's in bed with the Saudis. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. there's no way this guy can become president. And it happened. And it happened. And it happened. And here we are. And he uh, walked off with a bunch of top secret documents. You were a, a national security staffer at the NSA. Which I worked is the at the NSA, yeah. What did you do there? Um, basically, I bought stuff. I was a contracting specialist. Mm-hmm. So, I, But I would buy a lot, I mean, a like, range of Like what? Like things. spy gear or? It, it, anywhere from furniture to, uh, yeah, spy gear. Spy gear. But you didn't, you weren't a spy, right? No, I wasn't a, a cryptologist or anything or a spy, no. Why did no. you go there? Because uh, I lived in the area, basically. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> yeah, when you grow up in the Maryland, D.C. area, you mm-hmm. you end up working for the government or government contractor. Um, but also, 
um, it was the way of for me to serve my country. My father uh, was a retired colonel. My mm-hmm. my brother, he also served. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, she worked at the at the credit union there at NSA. So it was like you know a f- family thing. You and have top security clearance though, correct? Yeah, like you I could- had I had one above top secret. Wow. Okay, uh, you could be Trump's lawyer now. By the way, just so you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on the indictment right now? I'm I'm nervous that it's in Florida, and I'm nervous about this. The judge. One of the things um, that I get nervous about, as I said, is being gay right now and and having children and things like that. I'm just curious. Let's talk a little bit about that in your family. Um, why did you wait until 44 in 2008 to come out? Uh, I know it was hard with your parents. I assume due to religion. Right. Um, is was that the issue? Mm-hmm. Yes. They are what? What is their uh, we're Baptists. Baptists. Oh, are yeah. they Southern Baptist? No, no, no. Just That's regular just old Baptist. Regular old black Baptist. Baptist. Yeah. So why why did you wait so long? Was it working at the NSA? Was it? I didn't go into the military or the CIA because I was gay because I didn't want to not be out. Okay. And that was an issue at the time. Is was there any reason why? Why I I'm sorry. Waited. Why I, why you waited till forty four to come out? Yeah. Um. Well, it wasn't NSA because I, I I left NSA back in I want to say uh, ninety three, ninety four, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just one I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I knew when I was young, and then kind of like put that away and said, okay, this I'm living my life as a straight yeah. You had woman. that friend. You talked yeah. about a friend. Yeah. yeah we all have. Look, we all have that friend. Yeah. 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 So I just yeah. lived my life as a straight woman, you know, tried marriage and to a man that didn't work. And mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it just after the marriage, it just hit me like, what is happening? How come all my relationships only go to a certain point and mm-hmm. I can't, you know, really get any deeper? Like I've had so many people say, it feels like if I just walked out, you wouldn't give a damn. And I was like, mm-hmm. mm, that's probably, yeah, <laughs> that's bingo. That's it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people say that to me before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then it hit me that, oh, okay, I forgot about all these other feelings. And, mm-hmm. and you know, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm just playing a playing a role. I'm, you know, Wanda mm-hmm. Sykes in the role of a straight woman, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was easy when it was over, just cut, move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And, but who I really am, it, I, I figured it out, like, oh, through therapy and all, and mm-hmm. talking up, talking it out, I said I'm a gay woman, I'm a lesbian, mm-hmm. um, and then you know a couple of relationships. But when I met Alex, it was just like just deeper. Mm-hmm. I've never you know had feelings that like that. I never like just understood someone and just felt seen and understood and. Um, and of course, that that's when I, because at first I said, no, nah, I never want to have kids. But that's when mm-hmm. being with her made me go, oh, and she she definitely wanted kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just made sense to me. Like, of course, I want to raise a family with you. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. And you yeah. have two kids, twins, yeah. who are mm-hmm. 14. Um, personally, I think lesbians make ideal parents, especially for boys. I think they should raise all the boys. Um, mm-hmm. I have three. <laughs> I have three and just one daughter. But when you when you met her, she's French, as you say. She's such a part of your act. Talk about the dynamic of bringing your personal life, including being gay, into your act. How difficult was that? And I suppose the answer is, I'm an entertainer, so anything is fair game. The the gay part that was, you know. That was easy um, to bring into the act because by then, you know, we were married and Prop 8 passed in California. (laughs) You know, so that made it pretty easy to come out because I I had to speak up. You know, something that I Mm -hmm. had was was trying to be, was about to be taken away from me. Did you have your kids then? I suppose you did. No, No, but but Alex was pregnant when we we got married, like Mm -hmm. like maybe two months. I know about the anger. My kid looked at me and said, are we not a family anymore after Trump? And Obama had just won. So there was a lot of happiness about that. And then 
that right in Cal- we lived in California. So mm-hmm. so it was easy to do it on stage to to talk about it. Yeah. A- out of anger. Yes. What was the reaction to people from your perspective? Was there any difficulty or not at all? It seems like you did it flawlessly and seamlessly. Exactly. You know, and I get asked uh when you came out did you lose fans? Did you lose this? I I don't know. I probably did, but I gained so many so many more, you know? Um, and work-wise, I don't know. I mean, it's whatever roles I didn't get or people, you know, don't want to work with me or whatever because of the mm-hmm. gay. Um, I've had so many more, you know, offers. So it's like, I I, I don't know. I, I can't even uh, answer that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. People like lesbians more, I think. I think they, they like you better. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Virgin Atlantic. Travel can be stressful. I don't think that's a controversial take. Sure, we all love taking a vacation and that moment we finally get a chance to relax, but we're always so focused on the destination that the journey just feels like a means to an end. Well, what if it wasn't? What if the time you spent getting there was just as enjoyable as the vacation itself? That's what Virgin Atlantic believes. That's why they offer loads of special extra touches that make your trip one to remember for all the best reasons. Picture this, you've made it to the airport, checked in your bags, and finally have a moment to settle in before takeoff. If you're flying upper class, you could be putting your feet up in a Virgin Atlantic clubhouse at London Heathrow with food made fresh to order and champagne delivered straight to your table with a tap of a QR code. I mean, it's rude not to, right? Once you're in the air, the experience continues with deliciously different dining, seriously comfy seats, and the best crew in the sky by miles. Check out virginatlantic.com for your next trip and see the world differently. Support for this show comes from Ramp. Are you overwhelmed with managing your business expenses, vendor payments, and accounting? Is your finance software just not cutting it? Or maybe you're just looking to cut all that wasteful spending. Ramp could be a total game changer for you and your business. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spending. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Plus, Ramp is easy to use. You can get started, issue virtual and physical cards, and start making payments in less than 15 minutes, whether you have five employees or 5,000. Not only that, but Ramp can save you money. They estimated that businesses that use Ramp save an average of 5% the first year. And now you can get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash Kara. Ramp.com slash Kara. R-A-M-P dot com slash Kara. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank. Members FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. One of the things you do talk about is is uh, this issue of woke, which never goes away. It's the new version of politically incorrect or politically correct, really. And you said the whole complaint uh, about cancel culture is a lot of men, especially straight men, and I would say straight white men, I would add that to it, or just pissed off. They can't say anything anymore. Um, and you also notice not like you can't say these things. You can say them. Now there's consequence. Uh, so that's why I say I can't get canceled. Only God can say, all right, Wanda, that's enough. But you've, you've taken a stance here in a very strong way. Um, you left the Roseanne reboot uh, after her incredibly horrific statements about uh, Valerie Jarrett. Um, talk about that idea of sort of defending woke. I, I hate that there's even, uh, you know, a title uh, that we're calling it something. It should just be, you know, just trying to be better, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, just being more, you know, in- inclusive and just seeing that, hey, you know, we all should be represented and 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 we we all deserve the same things. I mean, I I don't. I, it, it's crazy that. Like I say, evolving is now a bad thing. A lot of comedy rests on that, though, on people being angry about cancel culture, being canceled. In comedy especially, they're mad if they get shoved out of something um, or not able to say what they want to say. But like like I said, you can say what you want to say, but maybe, you know, 
you might lose some audience. Maybe you might gain some audience. I don't, mm-hmm. I, you know, to me, it's you're canceled when you say, hey, I'm going to be here at, you know, on June 3rd or whatever, and nobody mm-hmm. shows up. Okay, mm-hmm. now now you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you go, go perform someplace else, and maybe people will show up. If they don't show up, then you know you're canceled. Who do you think your audience is? I mean, who do you, who's your platonic person who you want to appeal to? Is there anybody or not? But when I think about it, it's not like a demographic that I'm going after. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like people who, you know, are just open-minded and uh, just loving people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't, you, would you mind uh, performing in front of conservative audiences? Do you think you have a conservative I, base? I said, I said loving people. Loving people. Okay. Yes. <laughs> So, okay, all right, I see your point. Um, one of the one of the things you didn't cover also, by the way, was Roe v. Wade. Did you come up with a good joke yet? You said you couldn't come up with one. Is there one? I, not, no. I, um, I mentioned it at the top of the show, like, mm-hmm. you know, how things are awful and I, you know, mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade was overturned, but I, no, I can't. You still can't. Can't find it funny. I can't. Can't find it funny. Um, another thing that's not funny is the writer's strike. Um, talk a little bit about that and the issues for you. I know you can't appear in certain things. You certainly have some series. Um, where are you in that? Because comedy is a little different, but still an issue um, as you move forward. Yeah. Um, like we were, we had two more episodes to shoot of uh, the Upshaws, mm-hmm. you know, for Netflix. We, you know, we shut down. Um this is the the most important, you know, moment I think for our careers and and just for the craft of writing and how we create, um, mm-hmm. not just TV and you know film, but um, this is the line in the sand with with mm-hmm. AI and all, and even for actors, you know, how AI is just you know can create and use you know images and and um, it's taking the the ownership and power away from writers and performers. You wouldn't want a Wanda AI. They could input all your stuff <laughs> and you couldn't. No, 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 no. no. Where do you think the strike is going to come out? Because I think they'll say AI is not quite there yet. So we're not going to negotiate on what, what they that's that's the same crap they told us when we were going after, you know, DVD and on demand, mm-hmm. you know, the last strike. And, and uh, oh, no, that's not we don't know where that's going. You mm-hmm. absolutely know where it's going. People are using it to, you know, write their their papers, their speeches. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it'll, it'll be where the, you know, the producers, they, they'll just say, give me a script about this. And then they'll just hire writers to do, you know, punch up or whatever to make it sound, you know, like an actual human wrote it. Mm-hmm. And now we don't, you know, there's no ownership to it. So so it, where, where do you think it's going to resolve? Because the actors may go out and strike. You're both. I'm, I'm both on both unions. Yeah. And I voted yes for both. So what is the thing you want most from this? Is it the writer's rooms? Is it AI? Is it all of it? Because if because this does, doesn't seem like the studios are budging at this no, point. No, we yeah, we have to have the have the, the the rooms, maintain the size of the rooms. Stop stop it with mm-hmm. these little small rooms. Um, actors, you know, and all you know, residuals back. We need for the streamers to be accountable and transparent. I mean, because you know they they can just tell you anything, and mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what happens with with Netflix. They'll say, oh. X amount of people watch this and but there's there's no data to back it up. We have nothing. Mm-hmm. Um and and also what I what I hope is for the networks to break off from the streamers because I believe we can get a deal with the networks. Mm-hmm. I, I believe we can do a deal with them, a, a deal that, you know, that we'll be happy with. Mm-hmm. Um and let the streamers do their own thing, and hey, we'll go back. Although sometimes the networks are the streamers, right? They, they but that's, now, th- but that's their that's their deal. But I think if yeah, NBC will have a deal with NBC and Peacock. There, that's their separate that's the streamer. That's separate. You you've been operating. You're on Netflix. You're on lots of things. How do you look at the changing entertainment environment aside from the strike, which these are major issues: the rooms, the AI residuals, etc. Everything's changed in terms of economics. Mm-hmm. 
How do you look at it? How have you seen it? Well, I I see it where, you know, it's like you like the freedom. You like mm-hmm. the creative freedom at like a Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't bother as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you like that, you know, it's Netflix. It's 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 sexy, you know, mm-hmm. but financially it's better with the networks as mm-hmm. far as with residuals and especially for um like I'm I'm at a level where hey I'm you know I'm not complaining mm-hmm. but I look at the younger writers and mm-hmm. and actors who are just starting there's a lot of issues that you know we, we we can't back down we have to we have to get these things because that's how they're going to survive when you think about that, you know, it's it's changed so drastically in general. But one of the things that sort of hangs over all your heads are you go over to TikTok and there's a million creators, 1% mm-hmm. of whom are excellent, like not just good, <laughs> really like high level. Does that worry you where you see all that, where comics, like just talk about comedy. I mean, you can see it in lots of different ways, dancing and singing and things like that. But is that a worry to comics like that, where you see a lot of people breaking on these on these social networks, especially TikTok? I would say, or Instagram, maybe. No, I think, no, I think it's great. You know, I, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of how you, you're training and it's because at the end of the day, we're doing the same thing, right? We're, Mm -hmm. we're saying something and it's getting to a viewer. We're providing content. I just happened to grow up in a, in a system where, you know, you went to the comedy clubs and, uh, you know, people like the live performance and, and that's how I built my, you know, built my career. But I don't, I don't diss anyone who's taken a, their approach where they're instead of going through the comedy clubs, they're doing it, you know, through social media and they're getting the audience, you know, good for them. Is that system of yours where you went to the comedy clubs and you got a special and then you, you know, you might have gotten a show, et cetera. Is that over from your perspective or does it still work? No, there's still comics doing the same, you know, going through that. Mm-hmm. And, and, there's, and the audience is still there. The audience still, there's people who just want to go see a live show. A live show. Yeah. So is that your favorite part of it right now or not? Absolutely. Being on the road or going to do live shows? Doing live shows. It's the the most challenging and um, part and it's, you know. Is it raining uh, there? Is that raining? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's we gotta, okay. I love well, it. I mean, I, I didn't, it. I didn't make the rain. I'm, I'm not didn't? apologizing for the rain. I'm, I, it's the woman in me. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I made it rain. I'm sorry. Oh my God, is that thunder? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make it thunder. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's your fault. All, all of it. It's always my fault. I'm so sorry. That's the thing I'm trying to break my daughter from. It's yeah. Like she keeps apologizing for everything. Oh, I bumped well. into her. Mine does not at all. Oh, I bumped into her. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, I bumped into you. Stop. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Stop saying you're sorry for stuff. Yep. My daughter doesn't apologize. Yeah. <laughs> good. We good. We, we're good with her. So let me ask you two more questions. Are you on the new season of Curb? Your enthusiasm? I hope I so. I am not. Oh, why I am not? not? Your relationship with Larry is near perfect. I miss it. It's, it's almost like I, I want to go, hey, can you call over to Curb and tell Larry, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was that must have been an amazing experience. You guys were perfect. My I favorite loved it. Pair. Loved yeah. it. But you did a great job on The Daily Show, too. I was just watching all the clips from your week there. Do you want that job? Uh is that something you're interested in? I asked this of Roy Wood, uh, who was on earlier. Oh, I love Roy. Mm-hmm. Roy is great. I love Roy. Um, do I want the job? I'm not going to say I, uh, no, um, I hate to say no, I don't want the job because maybe I'm supposed to have that job. I don't know. Um, it would be nice if a woman and a woman of color had it. That would be great. Maybe that's where I'm supposed to be. I have yeah. no idea. But it, I am not, you know lobbying or, you know, I'm not going after that job. I don't know if that job works for my family right now or mm-hmm. for for me. Um, I don't know. Can I ask you who who you think is funny right now? Is there one thing you just saw recently, you're like, oh, that's really fucking funny. Oh, jeez. Hmm. What, what makes me laugh? You know what? Abbott Elementary makes my day. Ah. Abbott Elementary. I, it's just, it's just a nice, pleasant, funny half hour of good TV. Mm-hmm. I, I love the characters, and and they're able to do it. You know where it's 
it's sweet, but not, but you know, not mm-hmm. like saccharine. It's not just. You, you know, you enjoy it, and, right. and uh, it's not and cynical it's, and, either. It's not yeah, too mean. exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. All right. Uh, Wanda, thank you so much. You're thank a wonderful you. comic. I'm an enormous fan for uh, decades, for absolute oh, decades. And I, I really appreciate it. That rain that came in. She's apologizing for the rain. I know. It was, it, it, she was, she's funny. It was a lot of rain. She's trying to share with you that her child you know, is apologizing too much. And you're like, my child is perfect. No apologies for my child. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get her. She does wine for ice cream here in France. <laughs> Suddenly she's become an addict for French ice cream, which is on every corner. So, mm. Well, that's nothing to so, apologize for. Yeah. She's like made for the French Riviera, your daughter, by the way. She is. She's looking good. She's wearing the dresses. She's posing all over the place. She's making friends. I left her right now dancing in the middle of a square, uh, eating ice cream and dancing with the band, uh, which was... Excellent. Yeah. By herself or she by herself. She was oh. dancing. But she's not by herself. Amanda is with no, her. Yes. Yeah. yes, we leave her there. It's France. I gave her a cigarette, a bottle of wine, and yeah. she's on her own. She'll get herself home. Get yourself home, sweetie. Three years old. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> that's the plan. Um, I, I liked Wanda. She seemed a little uh, reserved in that interview. She is. She was very... Um, I think she must be exhausted, you know what I mean, in some way. But I think we, one of the things about comics is when they're on, they're on. When they're not, they're often quite quiet um, as they're thinking about their act and how they want to present it. Just even being here for a short time, because we have a lot of fans, mm-hmm. uh, both Pivot and On fans, and uh, getting, like, constant attention, and I like your show, and this and that, is exhausting. And I'm not famous. I'm famous at Con Lions, but nowhere else. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. South by Southwest. But You're it, conference famous. I'm conference. Well, no, it's full of these people here. But um, but it's really, um, I think it must be the incoming for someone like her must be quite substantive. Mm. Um, and so I think probably they shut down a little bit. Yeah. As just as we as media kind of think about the Trump return and mm-hmm. what that means for coverage, she seemed to be thinking about that for comedy and thinking, well, it's not even funny anymore. And yeah. I appreciated her point, which is that everything you do, he will outdo you. Yes. You can't make a joke anymore. It's moved beyond joke. It's surreal. Like you can't, it's not even, it's not funny anymore, but what are you going to do? There he is like oxygen. And so I think it's going to be very hard for comics coming forward, though he provides enormous ample material like that recent interview with Brett Baer. Oh, yes. Where he just is so crazy. And then you're like, what? Huh? And after a while, one, you get tired of talking about him. And two, it's not funny. And three, making fun of it seems to diminish the importance of not making fun of it. So I think it's hard. Comics are going to have a hard time going forward. And also he likes to be in on the joke or use the joke to his advantage. And he's a kind of mastermind at that. And Mm -hmm. we saw that when Caitlin Collins asked him, you know, his flip-flop on the debt ceiling and says, why were you, you know, for raising the debt ceiling when you're president and not now? And his response is, well, I was president then and I'm not now. And that's the difference. Ha ha. (laughs) And, you know, that's the power he has. Well, that's the thing. He's he's not, you can't make fun of him because he makes fun of himself in a weird way. I think yeah. it's going to be really interesting. I mean, if you remember the first term, it's all the, you know, Alec Baldwin dressing as uh-huh. Trump and it's all fun and games. But since the insurrection, I think that really knocked the stuffing out of a lot of people. And I think it's, if you were a comic to try to make Trump jokes, it's going to be hard. A lot of political jokes, because so, so much of it is so ugly. I'll be interested to see how they do it. Right. Yeah. And there's not so many great jokes about fascism. Right. Oh, that Mussolini would have cut up. You know. Too soon. Kara. Too soon. It's still too, too soon. soon. It's still too soon. You know, I really appreciated her point on race. The genesis of her whole project came from having to explain this almost, right? Yeah. And right. To her family, to her white family. To her white family, exactly. Right. And the analogy she used, it's like asking the victim, why did you get smacked? Which I thought was spot on. Was spot on. You don't want to compare it to being gay, but I remember having to explain things to my family. And I was like, why do I have to explain it to these idiots? You know what I mean? Like, it was Mm. interesting. Um, And in her case, obviously, it was at the same time that the pandemic was happening. You had George Floyd, you had Ahmaud Arbery. Um, You had so many different incidents and we had no one to talk to and you couldn't express yourself. You couldn't be on the road where she may have worked this stuff out. Right. um, Was hard for her. And I thought that was a really uh, prescient thing to think about when she was working on it. I thought so too. And I I I appreciated that she was honest about getting um, 
I can't remember if she used the word tingled or something mm-hmm. that she yeah. started, you know, she's, she felt a certain way. I felt that at parts in the interview. It's like, it's like having to explain it and then having to explain how you treat her. It's, it's a really hard thing mm-hmm. to work around. And I think she did a beautiful job of it, really. She did. She yeah. did. But anyway, she wasn't giving an inch to conservatives. No. She's like, no. What, what did she say when you asked her, if, does she imagine that she has conservative audiences and she's like, I said open-minded or like kind-hearted <laughs> yeah, or generous yeah, she She's not interested. I like a gal like that. I like a gal who punches them right in the nose. Um, by the way, you pressed her a lot on kind of why she came out later in age. I was curious, why were you so curious about that? I just am always interested when people come out at a later age. Um, I, I'm sort of, especially after AIDS, right? That was the mm. 80s. That's, you know, I, I felt like, wow, it's how do you not come out in this day and age, including back then, because uh, of all the different political issues? I just was like, why wouldn't you do it? And obviously, there's, there's her parents, there's religion, there's um, all kinds of things pressing on anybody, any one person. So, And her answer was that she didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is fair. Maybe yeah. I'm going to no. one day find out. No. No, name. No. <laughs> no. I'm going to give Stay you there. that sl- complete <laughs> answer. No. You once called me the straightest person you've ever met. Well, yeah. Except this one gay couple who live in Los Angeles. They're the straightest people I know. <laughs> All right. You want to read us out? Sure. From the French Riviera, today's show was produced by Naeem Araza, Blake Nishik, Christian Castro-Rossell, and Megan Burney. Special thanks to Kate Gallagher. Fernando Aruda engineered this episode, and our theme music is by Trackademics. If you're already following the show, you get a flute lesson from Lizzo, and boy, are you lucky. If not, Wanda Sykes' fan base is coming after you, and it's a lot of armed lesbians. Go wherever you listen to podcasts, search for On with Kara Swisher, and hit follow. Thanks for listening to On with Kara Swisher from New York Magazine, the Vox Media Podcast Network, and us. We'll be back on Thursday with more. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work.